0: What's up, what's up? Another Tuesday, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, The Football Academy. I'm here, Sapoon, with Brayden, who you can follow on Twitter at TFA Brayden, And Will Webb completing the full house. And you can follow him on Twitter at TFA Wills. This is the Tuesday podcast. We're gonna do all the reviews for all the 10 games, lots of betting insights from what we bet on the last week. But hey, for once, we all had a good time, and you all need to listen to that. On Arsenal to win this game. I, I think at home, they get it done,
1: and, and they find a way to do it, especially after West Ham got a pretty big win. I think Arsenal will come out a little pissed off about Olympiacos and having a little more focus on the Premier League. Is that... Yet more frustration for Arsenal. And the
2: confirmation comes. It is a goal for Alexander Lacazette. Now they can celebrate and Arsenal are in front. I think Bruno Fernandez is going to have a day and this is going to be the day he announced himself. I think City are going to be very uneven. I think City have their eye on other Things, and I think United can expose that. Some time top of the topic of Martial. First time scored from the and Manchester United to first blood in the derby with a quickly taken free kick. Terrific finish by Martial. But could Edison have done a little better? Manchester United won Manchester
0: City Nil. I really don't wanna put money down on City because somewhere deep down I believe that United can win this game. Edison the straight to is gonna have a shot!
2: He made absolutely no mistake from distance. It hasn't been Edison's finest day. It has been his as manager of Manchester United.
0: How you guys doing after such a good weekend? Glad about one bet I made because
2: it made sense. Uh, actually, I'm glad about... I'm happy with all of my results even though only three of, three of them results. paid out. That's right, that's right. I'm happy with all of the results of the three I made, because sometimes being an asshole counts. Fuck that last game, but damn it counted. Oh. Uh,
1: the penultimate game. <laughs> I, I'm not really sure to make of the sentences that you just said there, Will. Neither am uh, I! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm right here. I, we all had a very good week,
0: uh, so we'll go ahead and get into it. You want to give us a betting total for everybody before yep. we get into the details of every game and how that went? Yep, uh,
1: we'll do it. So, uh, in third place this week, uh, well, uh, before we get into it, I'll make a quick note. We are all profitable this week, yeah. which Cha-ching. was very nice. Uh, that's what we like to see. Yeah. Uh, so, I was in third place with... That's very uh, harsh. Y- yes. <laughs> I third. I thir- I had 131058 on a return of, or not a return, but on a outlay of $1,000 there so uh, i'm not anytime i have a 30 percent roi i'm happy i'm not even mad about being those are a majority place. of the games correct yeah so yeah. that that's something yeah. to keep in mind right yeah i'm i'm not worried about it. like i if if i could make 300 dollars every week and be the worst of all of us i'll take it every single yeah. time yeah um will was second with eighteen hundred forty-two dollars and fifty cents, fifteen seventy-five of which came on the Derby. Uh, so
2: sometimes, good. You know what? I'm gonna put the quarter in the swear jar. Sometimes being a cunt counts for something. <laughs> and wow! And I was I did it to myself that time, and it paid out very handsomely. Um, also, I was the only person who believed in Sheffield out of the people who always believe in Sheffield and it paid out. So thanks, Dean Henderson, you lovely son of a gun. We all got we that game. We all right. got that yeah. <laughs> but I also went with you guys and I normally never do on that. And also I just gave credit to a guy who's gonna start for Manchester United next year, so it's fine.
0: Or in two years. You know. Yeah. It's luxurious to have three world class keepers yeah, on yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, I gave you a compliment. You ran too far.
0: Okay. <laughs> He's got 13 clean sheets and 17 appearances. Okay. <laughs> this year, like, come on. Christ alive. Okay.
1: Um. All right, and so in first place, we've got Sapoon with go. $3,384.35 on a $1,000 outlay. That is quite nice.
0: Thank you. Fudge. I, I mean, I... As I've said, like it's been quite the bounce back after a zero out of ten performance that one weekend. You know, it. Even if the derby bet didn't go my way, I was very happy on Saturday, um, going into the Spurs game where I was six out of six, and ultimately, like that, is what you also want to see in terms of getting those games correct and being able to give insight to people in of the course, way yeah. we think the game is going to go. So, again as far as betting is concerned guys we're killing it so let's keep going (laughs) and somebody that needed to keep going liverpool james miller with a very normal leader like speech in my opinion like that's what leaders do and people crank that shit up like nobody had ever seen a leader give a speech before a game but credit to liverpool for getting the result 2-1 i don't think it was as comprehensive a performance that some people made it out to be, but big game coming up for Liverpool tomorrow against Atletico, so I think they probably had an eye towards that game once they took the lead. So credit to them. Three points, made my money. What do you guys feel about that?
2: It's simple. Saw the game through, and that's just that's a it's not even a bounce back game, it's just a go ahead and win so we can keep going toward the game. It was a bounce back game. I mean, yes, by the way.
0: By definition, it was a bounce back. <laughs> yes,
2: yes. By the proper definition of the term "bounce back game," they won, which means they bounced back from what happened before. The performance was still not exactly what you wanted to see, but it was a bounce back performance. Result. I... Result. Yes, I. You got me flustered because I had
0: something to say earlier. <laughs> and I don't know what to say. I had a joke prepared. That, you I mean, me. that, that was just like Callum Wilson. God, yeah. Joe Gomez flustered, and there was a big VAR decision. You saw Jurgen Klopp's reaction um, on the sidelines when that goal got allowed. What was your take on everything that went down in that game, Brain? Yeah, so uh, I want to go back real quick to uh, your point on
1: Milner's speech. I 100% agree. I think that's a speech that every captain of every team everywhere makes each
2: weekend. I think people were just impressed because that's the most words they've ever heard James Milner say. I think that's fair. <laughs> he actually put he put a whole sentence together. Look at him go! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
1: uh, as far as far as the goal for Callum Wilson, I I kind of I I feel two ways about it. Like one, I think Liverpool can feel slightly hard done by by the fact that the assistant raised the flag and it kind of like took off a second or whatever. But you know what? Like the referee is in control of the game. And you play until the refere- referees whistle. And if you go by the linesman and you get caught out, like that's kind of on you. This is what they tell you from when you first start playing a sport is you play
0: to the whistle. That That is very correct. And th- the only reason I brought that up specifically is because Klopp got very animated on the sidelines. And then when they took the lead to make it 2-1, he was right behind the fourth official yelling at him, celebrating kind of towards his back. And it's one of those things that when you are doing that, when you're winning, it's great. If results aren't going your way and you start doing that shit, that's when people turn around and, like, send you off and send you off to the stands. So I'm not saying anything bad about Klopp in that situation, but I, his passion has made him the manager that he is. But at the same time, I think if that's a different manager in a different situation, they probably take at least some action out there.
2: I, I'm i going to agree with the last part of that. Like, if that's anybody else, you're probably seeing like a, oh, you want to get... No, but it's Klopp, and that's... He knows what line he can toe, and he toes it pretty well. And I feel like that's going to be something that's going to get clipped, but it's fine. Because I stand by it. I think he knows he came into the league with a certain aesthetic. He kind of... Tapered... He's the, he's the postal boy right now. Like... I mean, he is... But, he, but you've seen he's tapered back from even where he was at Dortmund.
0: Aside from, like, getting his back. I saw him run onto the fucking pitch when y'all scored the goal against Everton last year with Divock Origi. So, like, I don't know how much he's tapered mm-hmm. off because I never saw him run into I the I ripped off my shirt circle. in
2: front of my, yeah, you in the my manager, parents-in-law. You. So, <laughs> that reaction just happened everywhere. That's just a thing. I mean, no, like- <laughs>
0: not, again, not to get too critical or anything. Oh, yeah. Again, his passion is what makes him the manager that he is. So, you kind of don't want to take that away from him. But at the same time, maybe a result goes, does not go his way. And he does that. Things can happen. Uh,
2: just, I want to chime in on the Joe Gomez thing. Uh, it's the basic fundamentals of sport. You play until you think the play is ended. And the fact that you,
0: like, you should, not he until, should, he not, should not, be not, hard No, 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 wait. wait. I, I'm going to correct you there un- unless you meant it that way. It's not until you, when you think the play is over, you gotta play until you hear the referee's whistle. Like Thank you. Th- those are like I think that's become the problem where players thought the play was over. And Actually, I think that, and that's become yeah. the-
2: that's a that's a great correction. Thank you for that because like I if you again if you're Joe Gomez, just continue to play. You can be aggrieved and you can even be aggrieved for a hot second. Bro, but how are you gonna get to-
0: taken off the ball by Callum Wilson, man? Let's be real, like if you. You were supposed to be one of the best centre backs in England, who's who was in line to start for England in a back three, right? That everybody was talking him up. You There were him Liverpool fans at one point saying he's better than Van Dijk this season. So I it, never said that, but they did. The, the, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. There were the, right, right. comments like that. So yeah. when when you make a stupid mistake like that, it's you're you're gonna get frowned upon.
2: Here, the guy who we've
0: cut. Kind of, well, like, he might get one more year before he has to play in the Euros. So. What? Jesus Ugh. Christ
2: <laughs> Ah, <laughs> He is supposed to be Like our worries Are supposed to be Who backs these two guys up They're supposed to be What's going forward Joe in the shadow of Verge Going forward Yada 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 Whatever like,
0: go, go sign Bali, baby
2: That'd be filthy I, I wish my face Could do the Sailor Moon Like hard eyes GIF right now But like No Joe Gomez You're supposed to be You're supposed to be The deputy in charge And to do that That doesn't show the concentration that I want from the guy who's supposed to be the... When eventually Verge goes to that big, beautiful, tall, Dutch dude place in the sky, Joe Gomez will be there for a little bit longer to carry on the tradition. If you keep doing shit like that, 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 That's
0: kind of wild, though. I don't know about those expectations. Pie
2: in the sky, my friend, but that's where I live. I mean,
0: granted, we were expecting Phil Jones to take over. So So,
1: so here's the the thing with that, though. It's like... (laughs) Gomez is 22. I, I think this will be a learning experience for him. And I think this is kind of like just one of those okay, I will not do that again. I, and I don't yeah. necessarily know that it needs to be any more than that. I don't think it's going to
2: doom him to a career of like failure. But like, if. Imagine.
0: <laughs>
2: Shut up, John Lennon. <laughs> Imagine nothing. Imagine Joe Gomez recovering and being fine because that's what's going to happen.
0: Imagine. VAR making the right decision for Arsenal to give them a win, yeah. rightfully so, <laughs> and that's what happened against West Ham United. They tried the so hard to,
1: like, they spent so long looking at a very obvious, very obvious goal. I started saying there. back
2: into the left,
0: back into the left. It felt like this was, like you have to agonize over it, like it just. Hey. You know by the way, with that goal, Alexander Lacazette in 2020 has as many goals as gallo. Three goals apiece. Having said that, <laughs> how was the performance, Braden? Were you fully satisfied with what you saw? And with the Man City uh, game being canceled for everyone listening... Um, for between Arsenal and Man City say it wasn't would you be not canceled sorry postponed uh, would you have been confident going into Eddie had after a dreadful performance by Man City
1: no not at all <laughs>
0: like I, I this was a very
1: this felt like a pretty flat Arsenal performance and I don't even necessarily know that this wasn't a game that we dominated and then just kind of scored a goal and that was fine like it was a pretty even game and West Ham, I don't want to say they can feel hard done by because it was a good goal and, you know, that happens sometimes, players. right? Yeah. But, you know, they they just didn't get the result on the day. But I thought overall the game was pretty even.
0: I agree. And I think um, kind of – again, we've talked about this over and over again on the podcast where um, teams – when they win games like these and they're up there competing for something, people are like, Hey, that's the mark of a champion. But when you're not when you're trying to build something and you have a performance like this, I think you can take some positives that they fought and got the result at the end of the day, right? So maybe sometimes even when the performance is not good, a Mikhail Arteta Arsenal can go out there and get the three points. I will say one thing: as uh,
1: the I know that you like to make the joke you just did about Lacazette, but I do think him scoring a winner with him being a little bit of funk, uh, you know, he it could mean a lot. Yeah, like I, I think he's starting to score a couple goals here and there. Um, maybe he starts getting back on track and getting a little bit more confidence. And if he does, like he can have a good close out the end of the season and maybe get somewhere back into Europe before we don't play next year. <laughs>
2: Y'all keep making that joke, bruh. Y'all need to stop. Brayden, I have a question. A <laughs> it, it's not a joke at this point. It's, I just keep saying that. No, because... I,
0: I think both of you are talking about two very different things right now. Because I think he might he's saying Arsenal might not play in Europe. I'm saying no one might play in oh, Europe. No one. Okay, never mind. We're making the my same bad. joke. <laughs> we Coronavirus tried. FC, baby. Oh, good Lord. Not going there. <laughs> All right,
2: Brayden, question for you. Uh, the stat that I'm reading directly off my computer screen, because apparently I'm 80 and have to have it right by my face. Arsenal have kept three clean sheets in their last four Premier League games. That's as many as they had in the previous 23 in the competition. Does this mean Mikel Arteta has solved the defensive problems? Of course not. No.
1: What? That's, that's a ludicrous thing
2: What? Then, then what's, the turn- what's been the turnaround? Is it you guys who are more goals, or is it y'all not looking completely f-
1: well? So All right, so what does solve the defensive problems mean?
2: I think you need to be clear on that. Okay, when I say... <laughs> When I say solved, I think when I said that everyone was like, "Oh, it's done forever." For now, has he sh- has he shore them up enough to get them going? Has he made them better defensively enough to push forward and make a run? To- I know what I'm trying to say, but apparently I can't get it out. <laughs> so i I, I think I, I think I get what you're saying. So
1: I think that he's definitely made the team better defensively. Like they are better than they were before. I, they still have a lot of the same weaknesses, though. Like it's it's still there. It's just kind of being concealed a little bit. I, I don't think it gets better until the summer when Saliba comes in. I think Saliba makes an immediate impact on that back four, and you know Bellerin getting help healthy will be a thing too. Like his recovery from the ACL has not really gone well so far. It's it's been a lot of start stop, and he you know is now playing through another injury and. You know, it's going to be a summer before he gets back on top of that. So that coming back, I think it'll be, it will be better even if not completely fixed. But n- to answer your question, no, it is not completely fixed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I do, I, for just to go on record, I don't think it's completely fixed. I also just enjoy throwing the Optus stats at people to see <laughs> to see it debunked pretty quickly.
0: So, <laughs> I mean, so again, I think debunked is not the right thing because I think maybe he's figured out a system with the players that he has to maximize their potential and West Ham are again not a team I'm going to be like they're going to go out there score four or five goals like they barely scored two and they had scored like three or something in the previous game so like that's their quota for the rest of the season so like again like, I think if they kept a clean sheet against Man City I think that would have been telling if if at that point like give Mustafi a five year contract <laughs> like you know I mean, yeah. stop <laughs> Payton's like it's not funny anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill all of you <laughs> moving along to the next game going from the Arsenal team with Nicola Pepe talking about the player they really wanted Wolford Zaha Crystal Palace at home to the mighty Watford losing One nothing. Oh, I guess Crystal Palace winning one nothing. Watford losing one nothing. Imagine what Crystal Palace can do something. Liverpool can't beat Watford.
2: Jordan Ayew.
0: is is a player. It was a very stupid game, just so that everybody knows. It It was a very bad game to watch. It was like I watched every single game this weekend. And that was just a bad game. I like the. I've heard
2: the athletic has questioned you has questioned us talking about how the how the league is not that good by saying <laughs> by saying like how the league is not that good. This match would, like proved that point completely. Like the league did not look like this match sucked, man. I hate Jordan Ayew. Like he was great. I, I I I this match drove me nuts. I just don't like it. I hate everything about it. I. I bet on Watford and I lost and that's why I'm mad about this match because I said I need you to knock them in the teeth and they couldn't get it done and Crystal Palace don't put in a performance ever. But the one time I open my fucking yap and put some respect on the boys from Watford, they just fall flat as a fucking pancake and I could have had more money, but I lost it. And then I made it my dumb ass bed of the week, which makes it look even dumber because it's actually what happened. So what I'm trying to get at here is that I just hate Crystal Palace and I hate Watford. And sometimes the league just can't do it for me. God damn it. I'm so mad about this result. I really, I really wanted Watford to play up to snuff and they just showed me
0: nothing. I'm happier with Crystal Palace somehow. Wow, well. That was a <clears throat> Crystal Palace, I think at home is very underestimated. And I think all of us have done that on the podcast because we look at them and we're like, hey, they're a set piece team, they're this, they're that, Zaha and whatnot. But like at home <clears throat> they put in a performance and that was, I think, a very decent performance to go get the result, even though I think the game overall was even. But like it's even between two not so good teams, so you know, you gotta take the scraps and what you got on the day how you feel about that Brain.
1: yeah so first off will that's a lot to
2: unpack and i'm glad you got that all off your chest i've had so many feelings in the past <laughs> couple days about this match and none of them came out right there that's the best part
0: <laughs> there's more you don't want to know man
1: <laughs> uh, so i fully agree this was a miserable game between two teams that are just not very good I mentioned on the uh, betting preview that this was a classic letdown spot for Watford after a massive win, Crystal Palace at home, like you mentioned just now, and I I think that's what you saw play out. Is there are two teams that just weren't very good, and Palace just managed to get a winner
0: and a decent goal and deserved it. Yeah, win at the end of the day. You know, if you can keep on, hang on to. Those results when it's 1 0, and you're basically fighting for your lives at this point. So, business end of the season, good win for them. Another team that's been lighting it up the entire season at home Sheffield United, Chris Wilder, Dean Henderson, Ollie McBurney, John Fleck. So many fucking. Guys. They're just fucking lads out there.
1: Sharpie!
0: <laughs> I mean. He's in the song. We've got Billy Sharp. Sharp. He's a legend at the lane. And he was a legend that day. What a cross, by the way, for... God almighty. Like, what a cross for the goal. And I think... Dean Henderson, by the way. I don't know if you guys have seen that triple save that he made. He's on the ground and just like, you're not going in. And I think Norwich... This is what happens to them every single time. Where they play decently enough to create those chances. But like somehow they just don't finish and execute so at the very last moment
2: they when they play such a decent brand of football that whenever you beat them you look better by doing
0: it yeah because you have to beat them in some sort <laughs> yeah. of style if, yeah, yeah. if it's more than one goal you have to play with style to beat them <laughs> norwich enhancement talent
1: so i i will say to to back up what you just said norwich dominate is my, maybe not the right word but by xg like they were clearly in control of this game Uh, Some of that was directly off of two massive chances that the aforementioned uh, triple save was a big part of. And so maybe that is a little bit of an outlier there and skews it a little bit towards Norwich. But, I mean, I feel like Norwich can feel a little hard done by, but they could feel that way for the entire season almost. (laughs) So
0: I will say they had what at least two shots right at the goal and that Dean Henderson uh, cleared. like saved and i maybe like that's why the xg looks a little bit more lopsided than it should because you know those chances like because i think in the manchester derby that we're going to talk about later on the martial chance where ederson just absolutely misses the ball um improves our xg up like by 0.9 because that's a basically a clear shot on goal for anybody so i think I don't know if that happened with this game, but maybe that there's a reason why it looks a little bit worse off for uh, Sheffield United in that sense. Because watching the game, Norwich created their chances, but at no point did I really think like Dean Henderson had to keep pulling off one save after another to keep them in the game.
1: Right, right. No, like Norwich didn't Except have sustained Yeah, they didn't have sustained pressure, yeah. but they created a few chances that they probably should have gotten a goal from.
0: Yeah. And, <clears throat> and and
1: the, credit to Henderson, like that's a big part of it, right? Like that's
2: why you have a keeper. I mean, <laughs> the, like the, the the ultimate. I think this match ultimately boils down to he's better than Lewis Carrier, though. You, I'm better than Lewis Carrier. I just love you. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm a better goalkeeper than him, and I haven't goal kept since fifth grade. This entire match for me is the Dean Henderson show. Like, if this man's not, if he ain't, if he ain't number one.
0: He hasn't made his English debut. There's no way he's going to be number one. Nick Pope, he has kept more clean sheets than him from Burnley, so we're going to talk about him in a second. Um, England has a rich choice of goalkeepers, and they're probably going to go with the one who conceded four goals that we're going to talk about later on. So let's not harp into the England Euros, because, again, we might be talking about the Euros this time next year. So (sighs) let's not get carried away, but... I think there is a team in Sheffield United that I think if they get into Europa League, they'll cause teams trouble. Like if they play against the Valencia, they play against a, I guess AC Milan or one of those like the mid-tier teams from other leagues. Like I think Sheffield United's got a system working, they've got some brilliant players, and it's working for them. And I think very good for the very good to see it work. But again, if they don't keep their players after the season, it could be trouble for them. So. We'll have to see how that part of the season goes. But moving along to the next game. The William Webb Game of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Southampton Football Club taking on Newcastle United. What a game. Mm. An absolute EPR classic. Newcastle win one nothing against ten men Southampton. How are you feeling? Well, <laughs> I love that you came to me first.
2: Um, honestly, well earned by Newcastle, I guess. Uh, Saint Maximin, it just for me is one of those players in the league right now who. I I made this like I made this reference a million podcasts ago about like dudes whose like names you remember because they do things and like they kind of have this point. He's gonna be one of those guys where like he's gonna be on your fantasy team as your backup like striker who's just there and occasionally scores a couple bangers and will probably score a couple bangers for Newcastle because he'll just be there for a hot minute. So they're not the same type
1: of player, but it has a little bit of a touch of the Dimitri Payet, yeah. To where like yeah. You, I don't know if you There's remember the... a touch
0: the f- of brilliance when things come off from his feet. Yeah, exactly. yeah. from time, like, time.
1: I can remember the first time I watched Payette at West
2: Ham and just being like, how the fuck did they get this guy? Yeah. Yeah. That's the... When you... When you kind of, like... He's another physical kind of fast guy. Like, I, when you watch him, you're just like, how did y'all find him? That's... Hey, good for you, Newcastle. Don't lose him to nobody. Um, <laughs> it's Southampton... Can I can I switch back to the Newcastle train? Because because they 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 look they've looked flat the last every match since they were flying high, and now they just look a solid mid table team. And me strapping my rocket to them, starting to look like a really stupid idea. Like, most are, of are you ideas, saying that Newcastle is getting to Europe? Fuck you. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Fuck you. This game was. Enjoyable for a moment. Eh.
1: Yeah, I mean, once once that red card came in, this game was maybe not necessarily done, but it, Newcastle after that, got it into control of c- that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and it's red- very
0: hard to see sometimes when Newcastle does it. Uh, but I think this is one of the and this one of the reasons I'm trying to cut it short, cut it you short right now is because I think we need to give Newcastle credit for being able to go get results like this because there are a lot of times when situations like this present themselves again from for a lot of other teams who just don't capitalize against the 10 men southampton and i think um newcastle for what it's worth man they're probably gonna stay up and we will have to see what kind of a summer they have with miguel Amaron getting linked with the arsenal and Inter Milan. so the reports today like about an hour and a half ago from a paraguayan guy who reported about him new- going to Newcastle. So mm. I think th- n- for Newcastle, the future could be interesting because there, there might be teams like Wolves interested in the St. Maximin if they lose yeah, a yeah. bigger player, you know? So I think they kind of know their place in the food chain right now with Mike Ashley. So as long as... uh, What's his face? Money Mayweather doesn't come in and buy Newcastle. <laughs> I think so, so, w- somebody point- somebody thing, pointed eh? this out to me and I think it was the best thing. Maybe if he buys them, they will learn how to attack and defend and not get hit on the counter.
2: Newcastle for most boring team in the Premier League.
0: Um, and the most bo- boring boxer of all time. So there we go. Hey, okay, that's fair. Match made in heaven. I mean, I guess uh, <clears throat> for a Newcastle fan, I don't know how they feel about I mean, I know how they feel about Mike Ashley, but that would be a very interesting move to go from like Mike Ashley to a character like M- Money Mayweather.
2: I just – just to harp on it for like a hot second, Steve Bruce, can, can we give him a little bit of shout-out? Because, like
0: – Hey, Steve Bruce is a legend.
2: I mean, not – Jesus Christ. As a player, he was. I mean, yeah, that's fair. For, yeah, shut up. I think he's doing a better job right now than people are giving him credit for as far as keeping Newcastle where they are. If they go any further or if they go any lower, I think he's doing – he's the right man for the job going forward because he's just a lateral move as a human being. so. <laughs>
0: That, that is that is fucked up
2: that, no, that i didn't mean that like in a personal attack like as a manager
1: i, I just it's probably a lovely guy so <laughs> i i see what you're saying but i just i don't know that what newcasts are doing is really sustainable like i think they've kind of i think the shift has kind of caught people a little bit by surprise this year and i think it's been fine and they're clearly going to stay up good good on them next year
2: uh eh, we'll see it depends Depends upon how their else. goes. Yeah. I agree. Sure. Completely agree.
0: I mean, again, it's one of those situations where um, I think it's not sustainable per se, but somebody's got to look at these teams and be like, hey, if you give some manager time and build a system, things can work. So you see that with Sheffield United right now. So something to keep an eye out on. And somebody that has had a very good system that has worked very well so far in the Premier League, especially against the big teams in Wolverhampton Wanderers again and i'm gonna say this again having a letdown game at home to a team that they should be beating if they are serious about getting top four
2: i just like i think i mentioned we mentioned several teams having that kind of yo-yo like we don't know where they come we don't know what they do is that wolves now because they have these they have the but they have these amazing performances and they play up to people and then they have these like flat performances like this where they kind of they're they're they can't finish on sometimes and I don't know what to make of that because this wolves team should be flying high
0: I was so sold on them the last time we did this podcast and then this performance happens and you're kind of like eh. is that like yeah. a Liverpool, true Liverpool fan they're like one performance good oh yeah that's my team one performance bad oh fuck that team
2: Win, lose, or draw. I'm angry about everything, my man. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Okay. Uh, so I, I kind of i don't necessarily agree that this is a team that we don't know what's going to come next with them. I think we know exactly what's going to come next. I think we, we all saw it on the last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Wolves are going to play really strong against the good teams and just kind of go out there and have a performance like this against the smaller teams. And you know, it's it's kind of it's a it's a weird way to to go through the league because I think this is the opposite of what most smaller-ish teams try <laughs> to do. But I it's clearly working for them this year. So and the year before, so because I got into Europe for the first time in a while, so man, and when we'll they see. came
0: up straight, got into
1: Europe. Yeah, yeah, so sure. and
0: and I think th- this is something that people have to take into account. Wolves had a system; they had players going there instead of coming to the Premier League and they took a gamble to get into the Premier League because they would have been <coughs> fucked absolutely fucked by financial fair play if they did not uh, get the promotion the year that they did so as compared to a Fulham who came in the same year spend a hundred million to get the players to try to stay up and again one team was a proper system with the players and they sprinkled in a couple of pieces as compared to a team that came up try to spend all the money in the world to stay up and it just didn't work out. So something to keep an eye out on how like teams do business coming up from the championship. Because again, teams like Leeds United who are on top, I think right now of the championship, if they do come up and don't choke this away, like they have players. There's a player in there who's like 1920 who deserves to get an England call up for the Euro. So it's one of those things where if teams start getting smart in the championship and start building these teams... And yes, we will again have a team like Norwich who plays good football and doesn't win. But I think we'll start seeing more Sheffield United and more Wolverhampton Wanderers as time goes on. Having said all of that, a team that always lets you down in Tottenham (laughs) Hotspur. Mourinho playing against the Ginger Mourinho. It was an absolute... Wild game to watch Because I I watched the whole 90 minutes And I was just like I think 1-1 is a fair result Because like At no point did I really think Anybody had Enough to go out there And like really Stand their authority And Giovanni Lo Celso, mm-hmm. He looks like a player But 18 games Zero goal Zero assist 60 million player, 65 million player, Why is nobody questioning that shit? Like, yeah, it's going bad right now, but, yo, Mourinho, do something. Yo, bro, we questioned Nicola Pepe, and I'm not doing that again, so that's
2: why I'm not questioning I mean, (laughs) because I don't want to be recorded saying that then.
0: I mean, again, as far as I have said things about Nicola Pepe, and I still stand by it because I still think in terms of value for money, I'll take a Dan James over him just because of in terms of money, how much they cost. But in terms of what they can produce, you never know. But that is not what I'm saying about Tottenham Hotspurs right now, because this Tottenham team in Los Also, like, when you buy a 60 million player for a club like Tottenham, they ain't the Man United, they ain't Liverpool, they ain't Arsenal. That's a big, big money signing, and you need a little bit more because, like, at this point, people are like, "Hey, we should have just paid that money for Ericsson and whatever he wanted to stay." Are you expecting him to be a culture changer? Is what you're. Telling me, like, someone who comes in... I just needed him to continue what was happening. I mean, just do something. Zero goal... That's some Lingard stats. Zero goal, zero assist in 18 games. That's, like, halfway through becoming Lingard. So, again, he's a good player, and you see the flashes from him. But he has to deliver the end product, and it's going to be absolutely hilarious after I've said all this. He's going to deliver an absolute masterclass this weekend against us. So... (laughs) I'm just going to say everything in the preview part so nothing gets clipped up in the review uh, In the review part. So, hey, what did you guys think? Because it, it really wasn't a very fascinating game, to be honest, watching all the 90 minutes. Do you know what was fascinating? Mourinho? The
1: manager. Not just Mourinho. Like, Dyche had a really, like, wild interview as well after where he's talking about how, like his players don't like throw their hands up and fall on the ground when there's a penalty shout and then like the exact penalty shout that they're talking about Chris Wood is on the floor with his hands up at the ref like it's it's a, it's a wild thing to think of and granted like obviously all man maybe they just do started doing that this game yeah uh, and you know Mourinho of course like this is record pace for him. Like, I, if You say managers can't reinvent themselves when they get this age. Mourinho is proving that wrong. He can melt down in six months as opposed to three years.
2: I, I, <laughs> I don't have much more to add to that. Because watching this, I kind of had that, uh, damn, Jose, like, what's going on, bro? Like, that's... I don't... <laughs> I mean it's fair it's unfair to say that because he did kind of come into
0: he took that job Granted he didn't expect Kane to be out and Erickson, uh Eric I mean Erickson was always okay. leaving but Kane to be out and Son to be out but you have to adapt it's part of it Like I... at the end of the day like I understand you want to play your football and I stood by this when this happened at Manchester United You need to give me something at least give me good defense the defense is fucking terrible Yep. As we saw against Leipzig today. God almighty. And then on top of that, it's just like, what is going on going forward? I mean, Burnley should have scored more than yeah. one goal. Like, this was... Burnley had the better chances. Yes. If, if Chris Wood takes a couple of the chances that he had up top, this or even just passes story. it off. Yeah. Like and, and, def- and not even just in general, Mar- this is normally Mourinho's third-year syndrome, where even good defenders look bad. Yeah. As far <laughs> as right now, like, all viral and all those guys, like, they, they just look bad. And if your defense, of course, like sort that out at the very least, get keep keep a zero zero. I, you know what? If Mourinho keeps a zero zero instead of a one one, I think we would might be saying different things. Because hey, like, but then again, you have to go there and win the game if you're gonna finish if, above Arsenal at the very least. If you're Spurs, you have to beat Burnley.
1: Like, this is just... well, I mean. Maybe if that's a, maybe Burnley. That's much, I, I'm not sure we did um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think United uh, definitely to Lost there too Yeah though, yeah so. Like, so I guess I, Immediately after I said that I was like Well now Burnley gets some Get some results Against I mean, these teams Ginger Mourinho this is part of what they do
0: Right He's the new Mourinho right Like he might not win As much as Mourinho did But he's basically Become this guy Where he parks the bus Gets the 1-0 parks. English the bus English Mourinho yeah. it's Ginger Mourinho It's Sounds Ginger better. Mourinho Sounds better Yeah It's way better <laughs> Whatever.
2: <laughs> You're not wrong. It does sound better. However. No, there's no however it sounds better. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all win. I, I got nothing more to add. I I am really interested to see what happens to Mourinho during the summer. And if he.
0: Is he going to stay? What If he summer. stays,
2: what kind of team does he build?
0: We'll see. He doesn't build teams. He wins things with a team that's already built.
2: Shit, that's gonna be fun. That's what, like,
1: <laughs> this is the real problem. First part is like that team has a very narrow window and uh, some players that are pretty good. But do they have anyone who's gonna win you a league? I don't really think so. So maybe I, an FA Cup.
0: So here's the thing <laughs> I, th- I think if Kane goes to like a proper situation. He can win the league. He can win you the league if he's in a system. I just don't think Spurs can afford that system. Because to put... At that point, you have to cater to all of what is good about Kane. And for that, you need some really expensive players in the midfield. Like Christian Eriksson? Not even Eriksson. At that point, you need like a Cruz and his prime. And like like those guys who know how to use a target man. And I just don't think um, Spurs can be... At least Mourinho can make a team that's going to benefit him. Because most of the time, like, yes, he loves big strikers. Most of his strikers that when he's had success have been mobile. Like, you think yeah. about the inter team, yeah, yeah. like Melito. It wasn't Zlatan who won him the things. Right, right. You know, so you look at Porto. Like so, Samuel Eto. I mean, yeah. dro- and at the end of the day, Drogba was big. But, like, he was still very mobile, like, moving from here, yeah. one side to the other. So, big, big questions coming up for Mourinho. Somebody who had big questions asked of him was Frank Lampard. Playing at the house at the modern house that Jose built from two thousand four onwards, for all the Chelsea fans out there, your club existed before that as well. Um, but did they? Man, they won. I mean, I mean, they had players. Mateo. It's better than City. <laughs> true, true, true. It's way better than City. So Frank Lampard and them boys, after all three of us have bashed them, saying they can't get it in. They have trouble finishing off chances. Everton, after two very, very good performances against Arsenal and Manchester United, go to Stamford Bridge and absolutely get bit-slapped by Chelsea. Like, and also, this is the moment to talk about the 18-year-old Scottish Paul Scholes, Billy Gilmore. What a fucking player he's going to be if he continues his development. Because... He bossed that midfield. And I think Roy Keane was right. Like, this was a tougher game than Liverpool because he was playing against some of the more physical players as compared to, like, a Lalana in the midfield. So he was out there and he was like, hey, I got this. He looked the part. And I think he was the difference between Chelsea normally not getting as many goals and taking some creative pressure off of, say, a Mason Mount, who, hey, brilliant performance by him. And good to see young English lads finally doing well again for the Chelsea team that kind of became inconsistent after a very good start to the season.
2: Um I don't think I've ever said this but I was actually kind of happy to watch Chelsea have this performance. Uh it looked like the it looked like the Chelsea side we kept like wanting to turn the corner. Um this is a really dumb thing for me. I'm kind of just happy Olivier Drew scored because I like mm. I like him as a player and that made me feel really, really nice to watch him just like go out there and live your life, son. Let the handsome man be handsome.
0: It's fine. Uh, but Everton... Proper scouts performance right there. Letting you down when you need them the most.
2: We won this week, you fuck. Uh, honestly, though, to speak on Everton, I'd I'm not gonna lose complete faith in them, but like I think this is this is more indicative of Chelsea playing to what we think they are, and Everton playing maybe not like a team who I should have given so much credit when I bet. Uh,
0: see, I I disagree with that because they were we thought we all thought they were on upward tangents. So like, don't beat yourself up on that. I think e- <laughs> Everton did the most classic Everton it. thing again, like where yeah. when the, the stage became too big for them, if. This was that if you go out there and beat Frank Lampard and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, all of a sudden people will take you seriously, and all of a sudden Chelsea becomes the question mark on whether they get a uh, Champions League. And Ancelotti and the boys just didn't do it that day. Dude, I'd like tracking
2: back to things we've been saying since the beginning of the season because I'm like, because my brain's working right right now. We've been saying this about Everton since this, like, the beginning of the season. Like, Everton just go out and put in a performance. Where you're like, "Damn, Everton!" And then they put in a performance. Where you're like, "Damn, Everton!" And even though they've gotten the manager balance and everything's kind of going their way, it's still the same team. Somehow, at the end of the day, and I don't know what they need to do to not have me saying the exact same things for 48 months of the year. <laughs> yeah. So
1: even more so than the prestige maybe or people taking you seriously I think this is a chance if you just look at the table Everton would have been on 40 points Chelsea on 45 and you're talking about being five points out of a Champions League spot and you're you know at this time Everton just didn't like, they looked abysmal in that performance so if you go back and watch that second goal the central what defenders a
0: word. abysmal <laughs>
1: the the second goal they just kind of Watch, as the ball goes by them, they're like, "Oh, we should stop that."
2: It's it was really really poor. Sunday league teams try harder. I mean,
1: mean, it it was just a team that looked like they didn't want to be there, and
0: they They just got lost. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like they throughout the game, I think they really weren't there. (sighs) Talking about abysmal performances. The 183rd Manchester Derby, Old Trafford, Sunday night, the scene was set, <laughs> Man City coming out without Kevin De Bruyne and getting absolutely dismantled by the Norwegian PE teacher Ole Gunnar Sorshire. I will have a lot to say, but how did you guys feel about that game?
2: You go first, Bray.
0: Yeah, so this was a performance that you looked
1: at, and City came out for the first 20 minutes or so. which looked very good. Maguire,
0: man, he, he looked like absolute garbage the yeah, first yeah. 20 minutes.
1: And after, after United scored the goal, City just looked like they were done with this game. Like they're, you know, we're losing, we're going on, it's... It is what it is, no worries. They
0: didn't look like they were trying very hard. No, not n- really, not at like, all. It 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 seemed like it meant more to the Manchester United players, and it sounds weird, but like it did in a weird way. Like where some of the foreign players were there out there showing more passion than a Phil Foden was and a Sterling was, and it was weird to see that from a Man City team.
1: Yeah, I don't want to put too much on Phil Foden because he he is still young, and on this team, this shouldn't be his
0: responsibility, right? I mean, it should be down to Gundogan and Sergio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Aguero, man. like He's 10 years right at the club, so yeah. you got to take initiative. And the one time he did it, he was offside. So <laughs> it, it it just wasn't their day from the get-go. And I think Pep tried a bunch of different things and didn't end up having enough in the tank to get the result.
1: Yeah, I, City, again, after the first 20 minutes or so, City looked like a team that just... Didn't they weren't prepared to play against the back three that Ole put out. And at that point, just kind of stopped trying. Uh, city
2: looked... Leg like garbage. Yeah, they looked like trash for long stretches of that the game. In that. I, yeah, dude. I, <laughs> like, I, I don't even feel bad about saying that. They really did not look the side that I expected to go out against you guys. I... The inner... <laughs> I always put the, if your team wins, let them win with a last-second goal energy into the world, even for teams that I can't fucking stand. So, to watch Scott McTominay hit that last one... Say it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> to, I will say to watch that. To watch that go in, I'm going to be 120% honest if it wasn't for what we just found out before we went on the air, I was super happy because there was a high likelihood that I was going to get to watch Liverpool not kick the ball and win the title. Nah, Arsenal
1: was going to get destroyed by City. Brayden, <laughs> you
0: keep your goddamn... It was going to be off. like
1: a 6-3
0: game. I you mean, mean it, it, work, it, was, it was funny because he actually told me right after the game, like, we watched the game together after I had calmed on from my mentalness. Like... Him and our other friend, Mark, um, shout out to him. Mark. Another Arsenal through and through. Both looked at me and went, so after this Derby loss, we are going there? So, 6-2? 6-1? Like, I think Arsenal fans were not very confident about going there for the game. However, saying that, the way City played, I don't know, like, why they would be so not confident. Because, like, that's... Yet. Granted, I mean, you got to give some shout outs to like Aaron Wan Basaka. He shut down everybody that came through there. So, the only point I'm going to make to this <laughs> is I
1: think this was a really, really strong team defensive performance. And they shut down, like, the entire team shut down everyone on City. Basaka deserves a lot of credit for it, for sure. But I. I, I, I... Shaw was really good at so, center back. So, so it was was
0: Shaw and Williams on the other side were a very good tandem to take care of anything that came down the left side for us. Um, as far, The only reason I singled out wan was because they made Sterling switch over after a certain point. Because Sterling, after a certain point, just stopped trying to get past them because he was like, I'm not going to get past them. And on top of that, you had Gundogan at one point trying to play through there. Didn't happen. At the end, you saw Mendy out there. You saw Mares out there. And I think... When you can have one wing back out there, just be like, hey, I'm going to shut this down. And um, by shut down, I'm not saying nobody's going to get past me at all. It's saying, hey, nothing useful for the attacking team is going to come down that right side. And at no point, anything did. It was all through the left at any point that they created even anything. So I think that is the reason I was trying to say Wan-Bissaka was meant a lot more. But again, on the right side, he had Fred, who also had a very, very good game. So... I think in terms of defensive organization, Ole has done something that's gone right. And I think in terms of what you asked about Arsenal, I'll ask you this now about Manchester United uh, to both of you. It's not as good as 3 out of 4 because it's 8 out of 10. Last 10 games, 8 clean sheets, 7 wins, 3 draws. What do you guys think of United? Because again, this was exactly almost a year ago. We had Paris happen. We had the highest of the highs and then everything just started falling the fuck apart. So, do you think this is another false dawn for Manchester United? Or do you think there's finally something that is starting to click at Manchester United post Sir Alec Ferguson? I mean, I think... Contextually,
2: because of this win, who it was against, where they sit on the table, what kind of season you've had. This is something that that needs to be a point that you guys point back to. Like, it's not even if it's going to be. It just needs to be the point that it's like, and here's where we put the marker down. We're we're fucking Manchester United again, this is what we fucking do. I think this game is a hell of a like thing to hit your post to because of the performance that every man on that pitch put in. At certain points, it looked like every dude out, out there was going to bleed for that fucking badge, and that's the kind of performance you expect and you want from Manchester United. So this, like if y'all motherfuckers ain't back after this, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to bring you back.
0: <laughs> the, I mean, I, that, I, I, that's, I think how, that's a very rich statement from somebody who was about to just win their first league in 30 years. Don't yeah. say was. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so I, I will say I'll point to the fact that I think that a lot of the reason why he had such inconsistency in the team before is a very unbalanced team, right? So there is, Good players on the defense, as we just mentioned. like They're, they're players. Yeah. Who individual was,
0: talents who needed to be put together. Yes. Uh,
1: you just had some individual talent that shone sometimes at Ford. And just if they weren't on their day, just nothing happened. And when that happens, you have a lot of up and down results. Like you have some good ones, some bad ones. It just kind of is what it is. I, Arsenal have gone through a lot of the same things this year. We're doing the opposite where... You know, Aubameyang's on fire. And we also have fucking Squadron <laughs> Mustafi still on the team and playing for us. <laughs> would you have
0: Mustafi or Maguire? What?
2: Is that a real question?
0: <laughs> would you have Maguire over anybody in your club? Because I have really I mean, questioned Maguire. Would you
2: have Mustafi over me?
0: Like, oh, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fair. I mean, a like, World Cup winner, baby. Uh, uh, the only reason I'm asking that is because I don't know where I put Maguire right now in like the whole how good a center back he is because he's a leader he does he has all those intangible things that people talk about about a quarterback Like he's a leader he does all those things he's not the best defender one on one but he's very good in the air so like that's why I was just like I don't know where I would really put him if I was thinking of like The top five defenders in the league right now. So I
1: think the problem that you have with McGuire is, and I'll reference something that Arsenal had a few years ago, where we had a very strong and tall center back in Per Mertesacker, was not a really poor one-on-one defender, but he was matched with Koscielny, who was a very good one-on-one defender. With, you know, his agility and and quick acceleration and that sort of thing. So, per could kind of read the game and do that. And Koscielny was more the challenge for the ball higher up the pitch and that sort of thing. And so, I think if you find that guy to match with Maguire, I think you have something that you can really go forward with. And I'm not sure that you guys have figured that piece out yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think with everybody being injured, like Eric Bailly yeah. still coming back from injury. Baye could be that guy. Yeah, because he's I, got the pace. I yeah. like Baye as as the person to fill in that so I, I'll tell you guys two names right now and um, just because I'm very much into youth football remember the names Axel Twanzebi of course and Tedan Mengi two center backs are on Man United payrolls who I think might be able to fill that void without us having to spend money for Akula Bali and maybe Eric Bailly is the guy you know, so who knows what that happens. But again, I think a brilliant performance from Manchester United at home. And hopefully this is not another one of the false dawns that we have seen over the last couple of years. And finally go out there and uh, do something. But somebody who definitely needed to go out there and do something. was Leicester City after the farm they were on. And boy... Boy, oh boy. Aston Villa. We're on the very wrong receiving end of just Leicester City going absolutely crazy. My best my fate not best. My favorite stat from this game is Jamie Vardy had admi- as many passes in the game as he had shots. <laughs> he had two shots and he had two passes. Whole okay. game. I mean he came on later on so Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But still a phenomenal um I think team performance from Leicester I think ha- Barnes yo He's a he, good player pe- he, people are going to start looking at him and be like yeah. if you have If been, you need a left winger yeah if you like Lonnie is not that good so you might need
2: I he's been a decent player all season and like more than decent he's been very very good all season and I'm glad I'm glad he got a chance to show it um I just really want Jack Crews to get out of Astonville at this point, bro. <laughs> like, I, I think, just, I think, just I think my...
0: one way or another, he's getting out of Astonville. Yeah, just think, let yeah. my man live
2: somewhere else. He looks like, like, he when the so season hard.
0: ends or it gets canceled. I think he, he's going to leave. For sure, I agree with that.
2: Fuck everything. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I had more words. I honestly, I the. The Norwich thing that I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, where it's the teams who bounce back and forth and back and forth, this Villa team is going to take two or three seasons to get back to that because I don't know if they have this. They're... I feel like they're going to go down, honestly. Like, they done. It's Ooh. over. Villa. No, I, I just I completely forgot about the Norwich Theory and then just remembered it. <laughs> Hashtag the Norwich Theory on Twitter. Just give me a shout-out. If you can piece it together. Or if you just want to post, like, the
0: fucking meme of Charlie from
2: Always Sunny with a bunch of pins in the wall uh, with various Premier League
0: teams. I will say one thing about Aston Villa, though. I don't know if they're going to get relegated. I still don't know. I just... the games are tough.
2: No, no performance at anybody in that, like, relegation zone... No performance gives me any faith in any of them, and that's the worst part because I I don't.
0: But like, but like, like like this year especially with the league being that bad. I think um, down there, it's it's a not as great a league that as sometimes that you would hope. And
1: so I kind of disagree with that. I think these teams are on more points than
0: so most relegated. So so by bad league. So let me explain what I said before. Um, I get taken out of context. (laughs) <laughs> I think they're the big teams that we talk about in the general sense of Arsenal's the United's and everybody's they have not been at their very best and teams like a Norwich have gone out there and exploited that they beat Man City right Aston Villa got a draw out at um, Old Trafford so I think that is the reason you're also seeing like these teams elevate a little bit more and maybe yes there's a little bit less um, difference on quality than before but I still think in terms of the way Norwich are playing it's great but what they're doing right now is pretty much as bad as like most of the teams that normally get relegated
1: yeah but like if you look at Fulham last year and their points total at this time like it's, it's they're a bad Norwich. Team. Yeah, a- yeah
0: I mean Aston Villa did the same thing as Fulham right they came out spend 100 million and they're trying yeah, to stay yeah. up
1: but i mean like my point is more i don't i don't understand why it's only because the good teams are bad and not because these teams are better than the relegation teams used to be because i think it's that
0: i mean if, if it's it, probably a mixture it, yeah depth. it's again it's one of those things where a little bit of cup a, a little bit of cup B, and that's how the overall structure comes out but again i think it's going to be an interesting thing to see over the next couple of seasons as well and not just making this season an anomaly. If like come the next couple of seasons, if this same trend continues and they're like bigger teams faltering and the relegation teams coming up and maybe like at that, at some point, like maybe 40 points is not really what you need because of how competitive the league gets to make sure you don't get relegated. But Hey, uh, with everything that's going around, um, I think I was talking about uh playoff between f- for their championship and, their relegation how about this would you have a normal season and like the worst team gets the worst two teams get relegated but at least the next two teams get dragged into the playoff championship and you see them enter in like the semifinal stage and see how it goes or do you think that's unfair on the championship teams who have struggled the whole season to get to the point that they are getting to one-off scenario, no, no. no like, this, imagine this becomes a norm. Oh, for, for, just for relegation. I'm not talking about the championship stuff. Like Ooh, just that... for the relegation. Like, if you include those teams into the championship playoff, more money for the playoff champ- playoff program. I think it's a brilliant. I, I think with the
2: way that the championship is setting up and how people are starting to build their clubs down there, the parody. It's the thing. The parity in between the middle teams is going to be a thing, and I think introducing the teams from the top half of the bottom into the bottom half of the top of the championship could breed some hella hella exciting matches. And I'm all about exciting matches. So, que- so a question for
1: this: You would still only have at most one team relegated, right? Three teams relegated. Oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: three one teams. one
1: of the. Yeah one of the two Premier League teams from this then.
0: So, like, two... Oh, I mean, I guess at that point, you would, you would, I would rather go with just one team from the Premier League who are the highest of the bottom three. Oh. So, the 18th place team. Okay, it goes there. in the playoffs, 17th yeah. is still safe. Yeah.
1: I mean, so I'm kind of against that because I think that... I want to see more new blood come in and, and go through. And this potentially limits that, right? So... More if you just most go by the does. quality of the team, most likely you're only going to have two teams swapping. Most times, not always, but I think most times you'll see that the sixth best team in Germany the does
0: this with the Bundesliga. And I would lo- like, I, I'm going to go back and we'll come, we can come back to this next week. And as we reform the league. Hopefully, as it shuts down because of coronavirus and the safety of all the Maybe people. Maybe not. Hopefully, that's. I mean, ho- let's because not do that. No, no, Hopefully, because it is down to the safety of the people. I'd rather uh, like okay, l- remove okay. all my all my selfish shit that I cancel I'd, it, not ca- postpone it, man. Just like yeah, yeah. I'd rather be safe lives. than win a title. Yeah.
2: Like I'd like. Yeah. I'd rather people be alive than have a than have a piece of silverware, and that's what it comes down to. <laughs> Sorry, I I just had to tell
1: Saputo not to go in after that, because I, I could see it. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> I mean, if, and and the only reason it's funny because I I think if I was in your position, I would be very similar. So like me laughing at you is kind of like me laughing at what I would be doing as well. Yeah, because yeah. again, if I United waited twenty six years to win a title, no, no, no. Here, here's I wasn't
2: alive, but I know. But like here's the here's the rationale behind it. If if this were going with it. In my brain, I can make the peace with the fact that I want the world to be a better place. But somewhere deep in the cackles of my heart there's a little, like, teenage Will who's just about to break something because it's like someone just came to my birthday party and was like, Santa isn't real and the girl you had a crush on in high school thinks you're ugly and also you pooped yourself. That's where I am right now. Like, that's the kind of feeling you have about that. With that being said, Rational Will wants the betterment of the world, so please just stay safe, and if we have to stay home, if it has to be behind closed doors, or if I have to wait until it's sunny outside where I can sit on, you know, the patio and enjoy the title, that's fine. I just want everyone to be okay. Even though
0: it fucking sucks. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it sucks, but I, I think you'll get the title <laughs> at the end of the day. Like, I... It, the, Again, it's one of those things where right now, maybe we're taking it lightly for what's going on right now. And it gets a lot more serious than what already is. And maybe like a, cu- a while from now, we are all laughing at it about what happened. So we will see what happens. If you're out there listening to the podcast, please wash your hands, stay safe, like do your things. And um, if you need any entertainment... Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll be uploading our podcast. So subscribe and listen. And on top of that, follow Will on TFA Wolves on Twitter. With an S. With an S. Braden at TFA Braden With an N. And myself, <laughs> Sapoon. That was so At bad. TFA Sapoon. With an N. With <laughs> also an N. We shall see you guys on the next betting podcast. Hopefully all the games happen.